It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It's time for Faith and Life to Connect here on the new Shine FM. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this is the session. And today, I kind of feel like, Tom, this one is, well, this one's kind of directed at me. Okay. Uh, We're going to be talking about the three fuels of anger, and I can confess to you now that I, one of the things I have struggled with my entire life is a temper. Yeah, I got that from my dad, and I, I got it honestly. And um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about the three fuels today, and yeah, we'll see just exactly how much gasoline I'm going to throw on this that, fire. That's true, Scott. We're, <laughs> we're going to light this puppy up. <laughs> but before we do that, Tom, we're going to dive into God's yeah. Word. And also, I think, Scott, since we couldn't get together out there on our own we'll just talk about your anger on the air today oh thank you yes a session <laughs> with the set with okay yeah fine that's what we call it this session we can got some help that's exactly here. why well and so we're going to start with kind of what i want to call the umbrella the overarching scripture out of paul's writings in ephesians 4 verse 26 in your anger do not sin so he does give permission it is possible because we are human to be anger, angry, but we don't want to sin in our anger. However, he also talks in a few verses later about we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. So if we're angry, how can we have the fruit of the Spirit present, Scott, at the same time that we're angry and anger's coming out of our mouth? And there is also scripture that talks about a righteous anger, if I uh, remember right. That's right, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about these three fuels of anger today. Tom, you're going to have to drive this bus because this was pretty much all you. That's right. And so we'll just start with, well, my hurt feelings. <laughs> Scott, you've never had that before, I'm sure. Never had her feelings. Are you kidding? My little sister and I, everything was wonderful. Oh, for sure. And let me say also that these three fuels of anger are particularly something that I have used at Heritage. However, its origins come from the anger workbook that was authored by Dr. Les Carter and Dr. Frank Minareth. And, you know, having read through it, some of these, the things they talked about, I kind of put together. And so the three fuels of anger, Scott, we call them fuels because they are to us what gas is to a fire. So this is what lights us up. That's right. If you haven't tried it yet, Scott, let me encourage you. You don't have to throw gas on a fire. It'll singe those pretty gray hairs on your What few I have left, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to jump into hurt feelings, and we've all had our feelings hurt. True, and Scott, so when we talk about hurt, sometimes it relates to unmet needs is a great example of hurt. Things like feeling valued, being important, being accepted, 
How about approved of, affirmed? This is starting to sound an awful lot like marital counseling. Well, you know what? It is. But it's also about relationship, which if you really stop and think about it, hurt feelings is probably more associated with relationships than, as an example, the next two that we'll talk about. So if you're hurting, Scott, and you're, you're feeling down, here's a couple of thoughts for you. For one, share your feelings with a trusted relationship. If you're hurt, ultimately, and there it is again, your marriage partner ought to be the one that you can share with. And of course, it takes some real discussion about how do you do it when it's your marriage partner. <laughs> well, what if the marriage partner is the one that hurts your feelings? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that takes some understanding. And that's, you know, fuel for the communication highway. That's what makes the communication highway so important is that there is safety on the communication highway if you abide by the rules of the communication highway like you would the rules of the highway. So we're talking about the three fuels of anger today on the session. And the next thing that you mentioned here, Tom, well, it's kind of an outdated thing. Write a letter. How about that? To the person who hurt you. That doesn't necessarily mean, Scott, that you're going to mail it to them or email it. Ah, yeah. I noticed you didn't say email or text. That's right. And you may or may not send it. But the idea is to get it out. Okay, so this becomes the outlet for the, the hurt feelings, right? whether you send it or not. That, that's true. Also, then, the potential is you'll have some relief. It's also possible to write Jesus a letter about it. Oh. Yeah, and then we begin to think, if he were going to write you a letter, or if he, well, actually, he did. I was going to say, we, yeah. There's a few <laughs> letters. There's in. a few letters in there. <laughs> a lot of red yeah. ink. So what he would say about hurt, he's saying to you. When I stop and think about Psalm thirty-four, eighteen, that he's close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. When you're feeling hurt out there, it is very possible that you can go to Jesus and he's thinking that and saying that to you. How would you feel if that happened? Wow. You know, I th- I th- when I thought about the writing a letter part of it, as you were talking about it, it, it struck me that you go back and you read that letter over again. Right. And you realize maybe your feelings are not as hurt as you think they are. Well, maybe. So it gives you a chance for a little self-examination. True. And it also will then help you if you do want to communicate in that relationship, you might do it in a healthier way. And some of the things you said in that letter, maybe you can erase and right. write it in a more um, adult fashion. All right. Hey, the last one. Now explain. You'll have to break this down for me. What is a safe place picture? <laughs> I, I I know, Scott. How about if I explain what a safe place? Tom, why don't you do that? <laughs> Thanks for. I'm glad you offered to do that. Is that is that the big six foot mural in the living room with a picture of the Rocky Mountains and the eagle soaring over the top? There, that could be. Oh, okay. It, it could be. It's very possible to go online as an example and Google a picture of Jesus and a little girl. Jesus and a, and a teenage girl, Jesus and a little boy. It's also you could do it with Jesus and an adult. And oftentimes it's a picture where they're hugging or you're sitting on his lap. That kind of picture is very powerful. Originally, the whole idea of a safe place picture would be also you could visualize or meditate on. And, and Scott, I think I know what this is going, where you're going to go with this. But let me, let me just ask you anyway. If you were to think and visualize in your mind, where is a safe place where you like to be? 
where it's peaceful and it's quiet. Where is that? That place is called the cabin. I would have been right. Yes. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. I got it. Uh, Scott, that's eerie. We know each other all too well. (laughs) Yep. I have have the cabin and it is a quiet place. Well, that's why Sherry texts me a lot about, would you tell Scott to knock it off with the cabin? Tell Scott to... Actually, she'd tell you to send me to the cabin more often. Actually, but right. And if we had electricity, I'd stay longer because then I could plug in my sleep machine. But anyway, that's another story for another time. Sure. There is a verse that goes with this, Tom. First Peter five seven. That our our God encourages us to cast all of our anxiety on Him because He cares for you. If Jesus were to talk to you about your hurt, again, what would He say? If you could picture Him holding you. What would that feel like? I'd melt. Yeah. When you see these safe place pictures, and then you can take a mind's eye picture of it, a snapshot in your mind so that you can go there anytime you want. A lot of my patients, I text it to them. They have it on their phone, and they can go to it anytime they're feeling it or need it. Oh, wow. And then you, you picture, what would it feel like right now to be in Jesus' arms like that and be hugged like that? You want to go down a rabbit hey, hole? Hey, why not? All right. I'm 61, and it is very obvious that the day of my going to see Jesus is a lot closer than the day of my birth. And I have actually given that some thought, and I've not been sure how I feel about it. Okay. It's actually been a little scary. I don't don't blame you. That's what I was thinking. As you were talking safe place picture, I'm thinking about some of what I had thought about some over the last year or so well, well scott one concern of mine here you talk is if you're close then i'm <laughs> even closer um, i'm well, considerably closer scott that uh, got me worried just by a couple of years <laughs> uh, yeah so anyway that is something that is extremely difficult and that we want to look at is we all know because Jesus died on the cross and his blood covers our sin and we are a new creation in Christ that we have an eternity that's outstanding to look forward to. Some would say it's the process of getting there and it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah, fear of unknown. That's that's my right. biggie right there. Of my three major surgeries, if I didn't make it through those surgeries, the transition would have been very peaceful and without any significant fear of any kind. But people do have that fear. And it is important that we are aware of it. But we got to remember the words of Paul, that to die is gain. Right. Here's where I struggle, and I think a lot of people out there struggle. I absolutely, pun intended, embrace my marriage and Kathy. That is so critically important to me. I love every minute I have. And I'm not, I'm not real sure what that will look like in eternity. I don't know that I'll have that closeness and that, that soulmate in eternity. I don't know that. Maybe we do. Some people have their views of that. Maybe, maybe there's another show coming down the line, maybe a show about heaven. There. Or how that's going to, how, how that might look. Not heaven help us. Just <laughs> <laughs> Well, some people are probably looking at their radio right now and saying, heaven help us. All right. So we're talking about the three fuels of anger today. Right. Boy, that was a rabbit trail and a half. That was okay, though. All right. Hurt feelings, the first one. The second fuel to anger is 
frustration. And Scott, I think this is maybe the funniest one, maybe also the more irritating one. So in ex- examples, if you understand an example, you'll, you'll probably more so understand frustration then. One example would be any Northeastern Ohio professional sports team. <laughs> They're all a picture of frustration. <laughs> well, now the Browns are better. That's right. And I would say, with that exception right now, the Browns have actually figured out how to win. But typical Northeastern Ohio sports team, the Browns will figure that out. They'll label those guys who helped brought in all these wins, and they'll be gone. And they'll trade them out. <laughs> for five. See, see the Cleveland Indians. See, that's right. Yes. Frankie Lindor, everybody's heart and soul, is gone. They've lost a, a couple of others that come to mind. Yeah, there were several trades and departures over the off season. So now that they're in spring training, right, it's going to be very interesting to see. I know they're playing some some spring ball now. That's hard to think about that too. His opening day is less than a month away now. Oh my goodness! Another example would be the checkout self checkout counters at places like Myers or Kroger's or Sam's Club. Where you look at this computer in front of you, and I keep in mind there's eight people behind you waiting to use this and wanting to get out of there. And, and so this gal says, well, insert your money here. Well, there's six different spots on there to put your money. <laughs> How are you supposed to know where to put it? And, of course, all of them are different. Everybody's got their own different thing. You know, well, as an example, Kroger's, you, you, you put your Kroger card in up at the gas pump up on the upper right. So I'm in Kroger's thinking, well, okay, she says, put it in there. So I, I'm up in the upper right. It was way out there on the gas pump, but oh my gosh, it's not there. And finally, the lady monitoring, she had laughed enough and the people behind me were frustrated enough. She comes up and she says, sir, just lay it on the table there. Uh-huh. Mine is when you're in that line, there's eight people behind you. Right. And you're trying to weigh a cantaloupe or apples yeah. or something like that. And it won't, it just doesn't, it can't figure it out. Yeah. And then she says, put that cantaloupe over here. And so you put it over there. She says, not there. Put it over here. Well, where do you want it? And I put it over here. And I'll put it over there. And these people are getting even more ticked. What's he going to do with this cantaloupe? It's like moving the couch around as your first apartment. Yeah. (laughs) So, Scott, frustration is oftentimes associated with high expectations. Yeah, we expect the computer to work. Yeah, that's right. The way we want it to work. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if I've shared this with you before. This could be a newbie. Oh, boy. At Heritage, I call it for lack of a better term, Tom's high expectation workshop. <laughs> no, this is new. I need to hear this. Oh, it's, it, it is good, too. So I get out my legal pad, and I, I say, now, if this is like an easel that had three legs on it and standing there, we're going to chart the progress of a project. And we start at the very bottom. That's very low-level expectation. And, of course, all the way to the top is very high. And then I will write across the top, standard. Scripture is perfect. That's the standard. It's a very high expectation. But you know what, Scott? We're human. So we don't expect humans to be perfect. Right. But we have certainly high expectations, just barely below what is perfect. Almost perfect is about what some people do see any Northeast Ohio professional sports team. (laughs) (laughs) So what ends up happening then is let's take your seventh grader and you have high expectations because you were a math genius. You're convinced your seventh grader son is. (laughs) I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) So you're beginning to see it. So you expect them to get 98 or higher and your son comes home and he is tickled pink with 96. 
Hey, Dad, I got an A on my math test. Well, look at how your response immediately will be. And what does that do for the potential to celebrate success? So then I go through with the patient and I list all the feelings associated with that 96, frustrated, disappointed, and so on. So then we go and I say, well, but here's, here's the good news. Let's low, just, just try lowering our expectations. So rather than the 98, let's try, say, my goal, my expectation is that my son will do 90 or better. Still is a very good score. So now he comes home with the 96. And how do you react to that? What are your feelings for that? Now your celebration is success all over this kid. That's right. And what's that do to him? He wants a 98. Because he wants to celebrate again. Yeah. And so that's what we call the high expectation workshop, where they look at what's the impact in relationships with high expectations. So we're not saying that high expectations are wrong, but more so we want our seventh grade son, the person who owns the, the performance, to take us there and instead of us try to take him there. Because it's the celebration of success that will motivate people. And it alone will take them to the next level of growth. Oh, Scott, uh, I'm getting pumped here. We're starting to get into Tom's wheelhouse here. That's telling you. Yeah. This section kind of concludes with John 16, 33. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's right. So again, what are we going to focus on? You know, are, are we going to focus on those things that are not perfect? Well, you know what? What we give energy to grows. When it's all said and done, and that day does come, Scott, yes. now we're going back there. Well, how do you want your family to be thinking about you? Well, he was, was he glass was half full or was he half empty? And that's how you're going to be remembered. Well, you still, there's still time, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> there's time to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not happy with it. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you have time to fix it. That's right. That's the nice thing. And a third of our, we got through it, three things. Wow. See, three things. And the three fuels of anger, the third one, and I think this is the one most people deal with, to, at least from where I sit, is fear. Well, Scott, I was afraid you were going to say yeah. that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So those things that create fear in us typically create anger also. See any computer in this radio station. Well, and so the fear that they're not going to work can have you on edge in the first place. And so that produces an uncomfortableness and it doesn't take much that boom, right away. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I feared it was going to happen and sure enough, there it is and kaboom. And here's an example. An intense rage is an intense fear, in my opinion, because the adrenaline kicks in with fear when it's blown way out of proportion, then the adrenaline hits. And try to stop a a rage when you're in the middle of it. Oh, no, no. Yeah, Mm. let me know how that goes, Scott. No. (laughs) Yeah, because that adrenaline rush is already there. So they're very closely related. And so typically, we want to manage our fear. If we do, we can also impact our anger. See, I, I get that. And with Shine FM, when it came in, 
new computers in here yeah new way of doing things that's right and mark and angie found out real quick scott doesn't new do new well right <laughs> that's right <laughs> those first two weeks i was like all right so i'm supposed to do what with this computer <laughs> and when it doesn't do that what am i supposed to do yeah not throw it out the window <laughs> um well no i preferred beating it with a hammer uh, <laughs> and fear can be an unhealthy thing i mean there there's a healthy fear i mean we have right. a fear of uh self-preservation you know that's, right that's a good thing we know to run away from a bear true okay. good idea but it's not a good idea to pound a computer into submission yeah computers are not going to respond very well to that they they, they don't do that so uh, you talk about an unhealthy fear here next an unhealthy fear becomes unhealthy power unpack that a little bit i will when fear then ignites into anger, it becomes an unhealthy power because nobody wants to mess with you because they fear. Oh, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that the anger is going to go off. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, Scott, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Sherry hasn't emailed you already. <laughs> what it also is, is it's an indicator of a power shortage. Now you're thinking I'm talking out of both okay, sides. Okay, now, now the wheels are spinning because we just talked about an unhealthy power, and now we're talking about a power shortage. So unpack that before I strip a gear. Before <laughs> <laughs> you throw that coffee mug to your computer, and then Mark comes after me. That's my fear. So what we, what we actually is an indicator of, it's an indicator of a lack, a, a power shortage of healthy power. How would you manage the same situation in a healthy way that would be successful and the computer doesn't get annihilated? <laughs> I go find somebody that knows more about it than I do. Well, yeah. But so the idea is it is possible to have healthy power. Second Timothy 1.7, part of that, I didn't come to give you a spirit of fear or timidness, but of power and love and self-control. That power in the Holy Spirit so that you can manage in a situation and not create a major crisis. So that becomes really important. Wow. I need to put that in my office where I see it every day okay, when I'm good. sitting in my office. The, ver the verse that we kind of conclude this section with here is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you in my with my righteous right hand and they will walk and not be faint. And uh, that's a powerful one to hang on to if you're dealing with, with if you're dealing with fear today. That's one you can hang on to. Now, the next thing you mentioned here, and we'll wrap up with this, Tom. Sure. I I have heard us talk about this before, but it's been a while. And it's the fear file. Let's go through this fear file. Well, and Scott, for those folks who really struggle with fear, this is really a great great thing to do. On your phone, you Google fear and scripture. And I'm pretty sure I can say a couple of verses will show up. Maybe some of what we just shared today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clearly, uh, Isaiah 41, I'm sure would. We take that, we read through it, we go, oh, that one really speaks to me. You copy it and you paste it into, like on my iPhone, I have notes. Yeah, notes. And I go in there and I paste it. I go back and I find another and I keep reading through what they say and I find more that I like. I copy it, I paste it, and you could do as many as you want there. 
and then label it in your notes, fear file or fear or something like that, so that at any time you can go into your notepad and do a Google search across the top of it and produce your fear file. And when you're feeling fear, you begin to read and you spend time with the Lord right then and there. Wow. And I can see how that would really add to your opportunity with God every day just to relax. Yeah. And and just dwell in him. And given current <laughs> events, <laughs> my fear file is getting worn out. <laughs> I get that. All right. So, Tom, we um, probably should put a bow on this for today. And sure. I know there are people dealing with fear and, and the incidents of depression, anxiety, all of that are, have been they have gone up exponentially over the course of the last year or so and we were seeing those statistics in a, on a daily basis and sitting down with someone to actually talk through that anxiety or these feelings that you might be dealing with that might be expressing themselves as right. anger could be beneficial how can they get hold of you to chat well and scott i can be reached at 419-526-5523 Got, and uh, you have a number in Ashland, too, I if I remember you, right. I do, and you got that T in before I, <laughs> I said it. 419-496-0007. Very good. I, now, last week we had mentioned that's right. that we were going to share something new. Well, we need to wait a week. <laughs> so stay this tuned is, next week. Yeah, this is stay tuned next week's episode. Um that would have been fun to do. I would have liked to have been that guy, that TV announcer. Right. Yeah, stay tuned for next week's episode. <laughs> uh, you do that so well, Scott. <laughs> my number is. Um, I'm available. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> online, Tom is at HCC Mansfield and HCCAshland.com. And uh, thank you for joining us today on the session. <laughs>